Yeah. What's happening, y'all? It's your boy E Money. I'm here by my lonesome, the one man band man. Welcome to Past Their Prime Podcast, episode 206. My esteemed host uh, left me hanging today. Well, not really hanging. You know, they they got life going on. You know, we all adults with a whole bunch of things going on. So today I'm by my lonesome. They're going to have me for the next 45 minutes, maybe an hour, maybe even longer. You know, I kind of tend to go off on a tangent. But uh, we back at it, episode 206. Uh, we're going to get right into it. So don't forget to uh, follow us on our Past Their Prime 5 on Instagram. That's our Instagram page. You know, we tend to post our episodes and anything that's going on in uh, sports media today. Also, follow me at EA Sports 718 on Twitter. You can at me, ask me any questions, or even troll me. I don't mind the trolling. I'm a troll myself sometimes. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram as well, E underscore money 718. And if you got any inquiries, comments, concerns about the podcast or anything related to the podcast, you can email us at pastairprime 5 at gmail.com. So uh, today, you know, we're going to get right into it. I ain't really going to get into the weekend activities. My weekend was okay, to say the least. Had a good weekend. Uh, got to catch up with some friends and uh, fraternity brothers I haven't seen in a while. But uh, we're going to do a week seven recap. We're going to have our pick six games. The games this week uh, that we chose were going to be the Raiders versus the Bills, Cowboys at Redskins, Texans at Seahawks, Broncos at Chiefs, Falcons at Jets, and Chargers at Pats. And, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit about the NBA as well. So uh, we're going to do a recap of last week of our pick six games. Uh, we all had a winning record besides myself. Coles was four and two with his predictions. Uh, J Dub was four and two with his predictions, and I was three and three with my predictions. So you know, as we normally start, we're gonna go into what was the best, worst surprise or breakouts that we saw from uh, the Week Seven games. For me, it's just a awful quarterback play that we've been seeing for the past six, seven weeks. It just doesn't make sense. All this awful quarterback play, and Colin Kaepernick is still on sign, but that's neither here nor there. Um, probably he's played his last game last season now that he sued the NFL for uh, collusion not to sign him to a team this year. I'm assuming that if he's going through with that lawsuit that he has something that he feels he could stick to the owners and actually stick in court. And um, speaking of courts, Zeke, Gets to play again. We don't know where that's going to go, whether he's going to serve the six-game suspension this season or not. That remains to be seen. But um, just an awful quarterback play. Jacoby Brissett couldn't even get a touchdown or put his team in a position to hit a field goal. The Browns just having a carousel. Well, like it's a carnival over there in Cleveland. I don't know what's going on. Y'all want to run a professional franchise or y'all want to just have fun and not – draft a quarterback when there's one available. Y'all passed on Carson Wentz. Y'all passed on Deshaun Watson. You bench Deshaun Kaiser and start Kevin Hogan. Then you bring back Deshaun Kaiser the week after, after you see Kevin Hogan is not it. And bench Deshaun Kaiser when he forgets that he has to throw it to the Browns. He has to throw it to the Browns receiver. 
He can don't throw to the other team. You throw to the Browns receiver, Deshaun Kaiser. So you sit him again and bring in Cody Kessler. Why not just draft a quarterback? You've had all these opportunities to get one, and you always seem to say, you know what? That's not the quarterback we want. We're going to pass. I wouldn't even be mad if y'all would have drafted Mitch Trebinsky, who I also think is not that great of a player. But, hey, the Bears seem to think otherwise. And I guess the win against the Panthers and a.k.a. Scam Newton, as Coles would like to call him, will prove that he's ready to play in the NFL. I'm still not really convinced. You got C.J. Bethard starting for the 49ers, who let go of Kaepernick, by the way. Had Brian Hoyer, sat him, and now you got this guy, C.J. Bethard, who couldn't even get off on a sorry Cowboys defense. And what's surprising, outside of the bad quarterback playing in Indiana, is just, I guess, I didn't think the Colts were going to be this bad, although Andrew Luck isn't playing. I think the Colts and the Browns are speed racing to see who's going to get that number one pick. (laughs) Right now, it's the Browns and the 49ers because they haven't won a game, but Indy's right there. (laughs) They really want the number one pick. I don't know who they're looking for in this draft that they're racing to go get a number one pick, or maybe they're not revealing as much as they want regarding Andrew Luck and his throwing shoulder because he's yet to throw. They're saying he has a setback. So we don't know where that's going to go. But uh, that was just horrendous, Indianapolis and the Browns. Y'all should be ashamed of yourself. Y'all charging good people for this type of product that y'all putting out on the field every week on a Sunday. People are driving, tailgating to see that. I know a lot of people have been boycotting the NFL because of the protest and Colin Kaepernick and whatever else may come to mind and why they think that the NFL shouldn't get their viewership, but... If we're going solely on product, y'all haven't been doing a good job, the NFL as a whole. I think y'all need to somehow, some way, step in with the Browns. It doesn't make sense. I don't remember the last time they've been a competitive team. It's to the point where Joe Thomas had to lose his streak of starting every NFL snap with the team for the past, uh, I believe, 10-something years. Don't really quote me on that. I'm not sure. But he's been suiting up for the Browns for a long time. He's a better man than me. After two, three seasons of that foolery is going on out there, I think I would have uh, told my agent, get me out of Cleveland. Everyone who leaves Cleveland just looks like they got a new outlook on life and just looks like they're one of the happiest men in the world. So that's something that didn't make sense. Something else that doesn't make sense for me is also why are we having shutouts in the NFL? There were three games that ended out with a team not scoring anything, like zero, zip, zero, stingy with the narrow. The Chargers beat the Broncos 21-zip. Rams beat the Cars 33-zip. And the Jaguars beat the Colts 27-zip. Come on, guys. Like, y'all professional athletes. Y'all could at least put a field goal up or something. Like, come on. Even in garbage time, you can't get a score. I get it. The cards, uh, Carson Palmer broke his arm. The Colts, Jacoby Brissett still growing pains. The Jaguars defense is playing really well this season. And uh, the Broncos, I don't understand what happened there. I just put up a stinker. It was an away game, but I'm not even sure if if the Chargers really have a home crowd per se, quote-unquote, because people, as you can remember, at the Eagles game versus the Chargers in um, L.A., there were more Eagles fans than Chargers fans. So that's something that doesn't make any sense to me.
So NFL, yeah, I really need to look into outside of these protests, look into the Browns and teams like the Colts who are habitual poo-poo's for lack of a better word. They always find a way to just put a bad product out there, whether Andrew Luck is healthy or not. Because even when he's healthy, they haven't really put a lot around him to make him successful outside of those first two years. So the Colts need to step it up, and the Browns are definitely need to step it up. Or maybe we should just get rid of that franchise and have an expansion draft and have everyone on the Browns be available for all the other 31 teams. Maybe that'll work. I don't know because the Browns really – I don't understand. I don't even know how people still go to those games. I'm going to see the Indians or the Cleveland Cavaliers before I, I have a step foot in Paul Brown Stadium, softening up Jim Brown name because he played for that franchise. But let me not get on my soapbox about the Browns, even though they disgust me right now. So uh, we're going to get into our uh, Week 7 recap. And what stood out to me the most was uh, back to the Jaguars and Colts game was T.J. Yeldon. Had about nine carries for 122 yards and a touchdown. So T.J. Yeldon had a great game with Leonard Fournette being out with the ankle. I wasn't anticipating that. Blake Bortles even surprised me. Went 18 for 26 with 330 yards. Pretty good stat line for Blake Bortles, even though I don't think he's really the answer at quarterback for the Jaguars right now. Uh, Also, what surprised me as well was uh, New England beating up on uh, Falcons on Sunday night, a Super Bowl rematch. I would think the Falcons would come ready to play and try to make it a competitive game, something that the fans could enjoy out in Foxborough. I don't know if because they were playing away that they felt they didn't need to put up a fight because that game was a snooze fest. I think I fell asleep on the game. Why are we falling asleep on a Sunday night game? Pats Falcons, this one of the better Super Bowls I've seen in the past, I want to say, six, seven years. Outside of that felonious Seahawks and Patriots game where Pete Carroll felt the need to have Russell Wilson win the game, but that's neither here nor there. But Matt Ryan is going against the Worst passing defense in the NFL and decided to not abuse Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. That doesn't make any sense to me. The Pats defense is ranked 32nd in total defense. They're averaging about 426 yards that they're giving up. That doesn't make any sense. They're giving about about 23.7 points per game, and they've given up 15 passing touchdowns, and they've given up 300 yards passing per game. And Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, along with Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman in the backfield, can't take advantage of that? I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan was the mastermind behind the offense, but he must have left something behind for y'all to use. It it can't be. I just forgot how to play offense. It It doesn't make any sense. Like, right now, the Falcons could be in jeopardy of not making the playoffs. And that's crazy to go from winning the Super Bowl, basically almost winning the Super Bowl to folding, to now you go into the next season and you're a shell of yourself. Like, you're looking like how the Panthers looked last year when they came off that Super Bowl loss. And I really had high hopes for the Falcons. I thought that they would be not as good as last year because, you know, teams tend to see what you do and what you're good at and take that away from you. But at the same time, I didn't expect this to be this bad. And you just throw a garbage touchdown to Julio Jones at the end of the game that he steals from Malcolm Butler. 
okay, I guess that make y'all a little bit respectable, but I don't know if you guys didn't know it was a game or what was going on. Hopefully, y'all have a better outing in y'all next game versus the Jets. Uh, another surprise, well, I shouldn't say surprise, like, this guy never seems to surprise me, is Vontez Perfect. Somehow, some way, you always find a way to get yourself in some kind of foolishness. I don't understand why you felt the need to kick that Steelers player in the head at the end of the play. For those who didn't see it, you could go on YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's up by now, or even ESPN. And you'll see a play where the play was dead, and Vontez Burfick was on the floor. And he took his cleats and maliciously kicked a Steelers defenseman in the head. And nothing was called. The NFL didn't feel the need to find him, but... I don't know. I don't know if maybe there's bad blood between the Steelers and the Bengals. I wouldn't say maybe there is. That's an AFC North game. They're always going to play each other hard. But at the same time, like that, that, that's, not, that's not football when you kick somebody in the head after the play is dead. I don't understand what he was trying to do. Maybe I'll exchange some words or something like that. But at the same time, Vontaze Burford got to understand that you, you're going to be the bad guy in most situations. If anything goes down, if Vontez Burfrick is involved as a referee, if I'm a referee, I'm going to look at it like you probably antagonized the situation, and I'm going to look to you to see what you what you did to make that situation worse or exacerbate it. So, Vontez, be careful, man. I don't want you losing any more game checks. Keep all that money. Secure the bag. The NFL definitely ain't giving out no money, as you can see. So, if I'm you, I'm not forfeiting no money offer any possible suspensions. So please, take it easy, bro. So that's pretty much in a nutshell a recap of uh, the highlights that I wanted to mention from week seven of the NFL. Now we're going to go into week eight of the NFL. And like I mentioned before, we're going to get into our pick six games. So right now we got Raiders at Bills, and the Bills are a two-and-a-half point favorite. I'm picking the Raiders to win this game. I don't trust the Bills' uh, defense to be able to stop uh, Derek Carr, Crabtree, and Cooper. As um, Coles would like to call him, General Stonehands, Mark Cooper, I think, found his hands and figured out that he's going to need them for the rest of the season. So I think I got the Raiders winning that one um, in an away game. The Bills just brought in Rod Streeter for a workout, former wide receiver. So that tells you how thin they are at receiver. Shady McCoy just scored his first touchdown last week, this past Sunday. So that tells you that the offense there is not really up to par, and they only squeak by the Bucks. So I think the Raiders coming off that Thursday night win are going to be able to secure this W in Buffalo. So I'm going with the Raiders on this one. I think Khalil Mack is going to have a good game. And I also think regardless if Marshawn plays or not due to the suspension that he earned uh, – on Thursday night, that the Raiders are still going to be fine. I think Jalen Rashard is going to be just good enough to help Derek Carr and company to get that win. Then we go to Texans at Seahawks. This is going to be the Sean Watson first real test against the bonafide defense. Uh, the Legion of Boom, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, uh, Cam Chancellor. I think he's going to have his work cut out for him. It's in Seattle as well, so that doesn't look too good for him. Hopefully... DeAndre and uh, Will Fuller have good games, but I really don't foresee that. I think the Seattle defense is really, really, really good, especially with the addition of Sheldon Richardson as well. 
I don't see Lamar Miller doing much in this game either as a running back for the Texans. So I'm going with the Seahawks. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they're going to cover that, no problem. So I think the Seahawks, too much Hustle Wilson. Jimmy Graham looks like he's alive again. He looks like he knows how to play tight end again. It's about time he figured it out. Well, I don't know if it's him or Pete Carroll or the offensive coordinator. I don't know who it is, but it's about time they made use of Jimmy Graham. Paul Richardson looks like he's the over-the-top deep threat receiver with the speed. Doug Baldwin always finds a way to get open and score. Always, almost always finds a way to get first downs. He's always in the right place at the right time. Excuse me for that. Somebody's calling me. Usually I have my phone on mute. But um, back to it, Doug Baldwin, like I was saying, he always finds a way to get open and get first downs and always a security blanket for Russell Wilson. So I think he's definitely going to have a good one this week. So, um, like I said, Seahawks over the Texans. Then we're going to go Broncos at Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this one. I think uh, the Chiefs are going to come back from that demoralizing loss. I think the Broncos just don't have enough with uh, Trevor Simeon. Uh, Look out for that matchup between um, Marcus Peters and Demarius Thomas. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, Trevor Simeon is really ready for this game. I think the Chiefs' defense is still pretty good, although they lost Eric Berry. They still know how to make stops and get turnovers. So I think Alex Smith is going to continue having his MVP-esque season. We're going to touch on that a little bit later. Alex Smith, MVP of the NFL right now. Yeah, y'all heard me, Alex Smith. And um, I think the Chiefs take that one at home, take care of business. They're a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite right now. I think the Broncos just don't have enough right now. I think C.J. Anderson, Trevor Simeon doesn't really – do it against the Chiefs, especially with that Kansas City crowd, one of the better home crowds. Uh, Falcons at Jets. Um, I'm going to make this... I want to say this is my upset special, but you know what? I think the Falcons are going to get it together. They're going to take care of business and uh, beat the Jets in this one. I think Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu is going to get back on track, Devontae Freeman as well. But I think it's going to be a much closer game than people anticipate. Right now, the Falcons are a five-point favorite. I won't be surprised if this comes down to a last field goal or a last two-minute drive by either McCown or Matt Ryan. So definitely look out for that. I think the Falcons are going to pull this one out. But I won't be surprised if the Jets do win. Because they have been surprising me this year. They've been playing much better than I thought. I didn't think they'd be better than um, than the Colts and um, the Browns. I thought they were all, the Browns and the Jets would be racing for that number one pick. But I think the Falcons are going to pull this one out. For the fifth game, we got Chargers at Pats. You know, if you listen to the podcast, I'm a Chargers fan, diehard since LaDainian Tomlinson days. So I'm going to go with my heart in this one, even though a lot of people may think I'm crazy. I'm not drunk. I'm not high. But definitely I'm riding with the Chargers. Phillip Rivers, I think, is going to go into Foxborough and just pick apart that secondary that the New England has. Show Matt Ryan how to really do this. Uh, I think Patrick Chung and them guys and McCourty, it's not going to be enough for uh, Keenan Allen, uh, Hunter Henry, Antonio Gates, Tyrell Williams. And hopefully we get to see a little bit more from the rookie that they just drafted, Mike Williams. So I definitely think uh, 
the Chargers going to be able to pull that one out. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. The over-under is 48 and a half. I think it's definitely going over there. I think both teams are going to be scoring well into the 30s. I think the San Diego has a, a pretty decent secondary. I don't think it's great or elite, but I think they definitely going to be able to keep up with the receivers that the Pats have. So I'm definitely going to pick in the Chargers to win that game. I think the pass rush is going to get to Tom Brady. Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa definitely going to get to Tom Brady. I'm expecting a couple of fumbles if they're able to get their hands on him. So let's hold our breath for that. For all the Charger fans out there, Chargers over the Pats. Like I said, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Go with the over and the over-under with 45 and a half. And that's your pick six. So I'm picking Chargers, Falcons, Chiefs. Raiders and Seahawks. So those are my six games this week that I'm going with and the teams that I'm picking to win. So now, you know, we're going to move from the NFL and get into a little bit of NBA action. So on Sunday, if you guys were on Twitter, you would have seen um, Eric Bledsoe, Gar from the Phoenix Suns, tweet, I don't want to be here. And subsequently, about an hour later, his coach, R. Watson, was fired after the Phoenix Suns started the season, losing by 30 at home to the Trailblazers, then almost giving up a triple-double. Might as well call it a triple-double to a big baller brand's own, Lonzo Ball, and then losing the third game straight. So, you know, that's really not a good sign for a team at the beginning of the season to be losing games by 30 to 20 points or so. So that's indicative of what the coach is uh, directing the players to do and maybe his voice falling on deaf ears now. Uh, reading a lot of reports that the Phoenix locker room looks like a locker room that's just given up on a season and we're only three games in. That's really crazy. And, you know, what was funny about this whole situation is the general manager for the Suns, Ryan McDonough, said that he spoke to Eric Bledsoe and he said that Eric Bledsoe said, I was in a beauty salon as to why he tweeted that he doesn't want to be here. And Ryan McDonough said he doesn't believe that to be true. And they subsequently sent Eric Bledsoe home and they're looking to get a trade for the player and get a return. I'm hearing that they want to get a young player in return for Eric Bledsoe. But I think right now Phoenix doesn't have a leg to stand on as far as who they want to get in return for Eric Bledsoe because teams know that he doesn't want to be here and... He doesn't want to be there, I should say, in Phoenix. I'm not in Phoenix myself. Never been to Phoenix. Looks like a fun city to visit, so I was a little bit confused when he said he doesn't want to be here, but I guess he's just not happy with the direction of what the Phoenix Suns are doing, which I could understand. You know, he's a veteran at this point in his career, and uh, Phoenix is rebuilding. So they're trying to fetch a trade right now, and they're looking to get young pieces. But if I'm any team, I'm lowballing you because I know you trying to get him off of your team, and I'm going to give you the least possible, not the least possible answer, the, the lowest possible offer, and then we could start our way from there and see what I could possibly fetch back in return. But, um, yeah, I just found it hilarious that he didn't say I was hacked or it was a burner account. He just said I was in a beauty salon, which most men could attest to. If you're taking your girl, your wife, or, you know, when you were younger and you would go with your mom to the beauty salon, you don't want to be there. They're in there gossiping about God knows what, talking about different hairstyles that you have no idea about. 
you're looking at all these magazines that you're probably not interested in from Ebony to Essence. So I could see how that could be something that be construed as, okay, maybe that was the case, but the GM wasn't having it. He wasn't trying to hear that. Yeah, I was in a beauty salon. He said, I don't believe that to be true. But that was a beautiful lie that Eric Bledsoe told. I think I'm going to use that myself when I need to get out of a pinch. I was in a beauty salon. That's why I meant that I didn't want to be here. (laughs) Oh, man. But if I'm Phoenix, I think uh, the best trade offer that you could get right now, I will be calling the Milwaukee Bucks. I will do my best to see if I can fetch back uh, Jabari Parker in the trade for Eric Bledsoe and add to the young nucleus talent that you have and possibly take back Greg Monroe, take that off of the Bucks' hands. You know, they've been trying to get rid of his contract for a couple of seasons now. So what I would do is uh, package Eric Bledsoe and Tyson Chandler for Jabari Parker and Greg Monroe. See if you can get Matthew Dellavedova too. That would definitely be a good addition to the Phoenix locker room. Young, scrappy guard could teach Devin Booker and them how to get dirty. Looks like they only want to score a whole bunch of points and don't want to really play any defense. How you let a rookie like Lonzo Ball, not to say Alonzo Ball is whack, but you can't let him come into your house and get all those points and almost get a triple-double. That doesn't make any sense to me. So that was definitely something that was funny to hear. Uh, to stay in the NBA also, uh, Giannis Atentacumpo. Whew! What a year he's having already. Everyone knew that he was the next man up, but he hasn't scored less than 30 in a game yet. Going uh, toe-to-toe with LeBron James. You know, LeBron wanted to be his normal passive-aggressive self and not really say that Janice could be an MVP one day. He just said, you know, he keeps getting better and the sky's the limit if he continues to get better. Why you can't just say, oh, yeah, it's possible. He could possibly win an MVP if he continues at this rate. But I guess you don't want to give your competition too much props. You want to keep them on the toes and don't want them feeling comfortable and feeling like they could just come at you any which way. But, you know, I think there's nothing wrong to say that another player is great and they could possibly be the MVP of the league. I don't see anything wrong with that. And um, to touch on that also with the Bucks fast start along with Yanis Tentacumpo. And uh, speaking of the Cavs, a guy I like to call Goku from Dragon Ball Z because I've been knowing him for years, since 2003, to really put on the show. It's not looking good right now. Can't lie to you guys. The man I'm referring to, his name is Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. It's not looking good, man. You're only averaging five points, three rebounds, and two assists. Like, what's going on, player? I didn't think you would do that in 23 minutes of playing. That's it? Only five, two, and three in 23 minutes a night? And you're the starting shooting guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers? I think that was a bad move to begin with by Tyron Lue. I think you should have kept J.R. Smith in the starting lineup and kept the continuity that you had from last year and slowly but surely worked Dwayne Wade into the rotation. I didn't think it was smart to just say Dwayne Wade is a starting shooting guard right now. I think J.R. Smith has a little bit more to bring to the table as your starting two guards. So I'm happy that you went back to that. Still not really don't understand why you have Tristan Thompson coming off the bench, but I guess you want to strengthen your bench. But I, I, I really like the lineup where uh, 
Derrick Rose is starting. Well, now he's hurt, so it's Jose Calderon, J.R. Smith, LeBron James, Jay Crowder, and um, Kevin Love is who's starting now. But I would move. I will move uh, Kevin Love to the bench and have Tristan Thompson start and have Kevin Love be the first man off the bench, followed by Dwayne Wade. So now the bench will be fortified with Kevin Love, Dwayne Wade, and Jeff Green. Granted, a lot of people will be listening to this podcast and saying, what are you saying? Kevin Love coming off the bench, that's crazy. He's making $100 million, blase, blase. But I just think it, it works out that you have two units that could equally score and also play somewhat defense. I think defense is really what's going to get the Cavs over the hump if they do see the Warriors again in the finals. Let me not say if. It's probably going to happen that way. There's a 90% chance it's going to be Cavs finals funky four, as I like to call it, the fourth time they've seen each other. I think that will definitely uh, benefit the Cavs in the long run. And then, you know, you could tweak the lineups come playoffs if you feel like there's a better matchup that you see out there. But I definitely would leave Tristan Thompson in the starting lineup and have Kevin Love come off the bench and be that sniper and focal point of the offense when LeBron and company takes a breather. But that's just me. You know, I'm not an NBA coach, so that's just my opinion on the matter. But uh, Dwayne Wade, bro, five, two, and three, that's not going to cut it. You got to step up your game, like. If this is what your averages are going to be for the season, I don't know. You might be a prime, past their prime candidate on one of these next episodes. But for episode 206, I'm going to leave you alone. I'm not going to slander you. You're still my man. I just can't call you Goku anymore. I'm going to have to call you Krillin right now with those stats. So uh, that's definitely something that, Kind of took me by surprise. It's doing way lack of production, shall I say, for the first few games that we've seen. So we'll see how that goes moving forward. But uh, that's pretty much it with the topics today. Uh, we're going to get into our segments. But as always, we're going to take a 30-second timeout. And uh, we'll be back with our much-anticipated segments. Our next segment is sponsored by our good friends at Divine Doobies. Divine Doobies makes unbleached 100% pure hemp rolling papers. To get an order of rolling papers, go to divinedoobies.com. And we back with our alternative fact segment. Uh, today, alternative fact is I've been hearing a lot of media outlets, ESPN, Fox Sports, all been saying Carson Wentz is the MVP front runner right now. And I'm calling out alternative fact. Yeah, Coles, if you're listening, Carson Wentz is not the front runner for the MVP. Yes, the Eagles are six and one. Beat the Redskins twice. Beat the Redskins twice. Beat the lowly Cardinals. And also beat the sorry Giants. But that doesn't tell me that Carson Wentz is a MVP front runner. I get it. The Eagles are doing well, but you know, in the NFC leash, you never know what's going to happen in that conference. They could be six and one, and we turn around, they become six and six towards the end of the season. So, my picks for MVP are between Alex Smith and let's not forget about the best ever, Tom Brady. Alex Smith right now has 120 quarterback passer rating. 
1,997 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, and no interceptions, and the Chiefs are 5-2. and two. And they barely lost that game to the Raiders. So I, I'm calling him as my MVP. If I had an MVP vote right now, I would be voting for Alex Smith. Tom Brady has 108 passer rating, 2,208 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, and two interceptions with five fumbles. And he's completing 66% of his passes. So, as always, Tom Brady, like, I don't know what to say. We always say Father Tom is undefeated, but maybe he met his match. I don't know. I don't see Tom Brady slowing down at all. And the Patriots are also 5-2. and two. So, my alternative fact is that Carson Wentz is the clear runner for MVP. Granted, he's having a great season. I can't lie. I, I, I would have not even predicted that. He has 104 passer rating. 1,852 yards, 17 touchdowns, four interceptions, and seven fumbles. The fumbles are a little bit high. I think he needs to do a better job of taking care of the ball when it comes to the fumbles. So um, I'm going to go with Alex Smith. I think he's the MVP right now. He's been slept on for a long time. Carson Wentz came in with the high praise, number one pick. So uh, it's expected that he's only going to get better. But if I were to pick, I would say Alex Smith is the MVP right now, not Carson Wentz, as most people would like to say. So, Eagles fans, I need y'all to relax, hold your horses, and let's see what the second half of the season says for before we say that Carson Wentz is the MVP, because I don't think Alex Smith was slowing down. And on top of that, the Eagles haven't really played anyone of – Great relevance yet. Beat the Redskins, lost to the Chiefs, beat the Giants, beat the Chargers in a close one, beat the Cardinals, who aren't good, beat the Panthers, okay, and then beat the Redskins. Like, okay, that's not telling me that he's MVP just yet. These aren't the greatest teams in the NFL right now, but I get it. He's putting up stats. He's doing his thing. But Alex Smith is the MVP. Don't front on the man on the Chiefs, man. He's getting the job done. Five and two in the NFC West. You got the Raiders and the Chargers who still pose a threat. Even though the Broncos are kind of poo-pooing it right now, I think they're going to pick it back up. That's a pretty decent conference. AFC West, sorry. Not the NFC West. AFC West. But uh, definitely... Check it out, Alex Smith, MVP. You heard it here first on Past Day Prime. We're going to take another 30-second timeout. We're going to get right into our Past Day Prime candidate. It's definitely going to be a good one today. Holla at your boy. This next segment is sponsored by good friends of the show at G&Co. G&Co is a subscription box service for men's accessories and a unisex apparel line for men, women, and children. G&Co prides themselves on giving back to the community. A portion of each sale goes to a scholarship fund and supporting other black-owned businesses. Each box you order highlights a different black-owned business. Go to G&Co Apparel and at checkout, enter Past Their Prime for 15% off their entire order or and or debonair for their first box to be $10 instead of $28 a month. And we're back with the past their prime segment. This week, you know, I'm going to go a little bit off the sports world. I'm going to go in the entertainment world. If you've been paying attention, if you went to entertainment, uh, Tyrese, Tyrese Gibson, 
He's been on a few of the Fast movies. And, you know, he's been in a feud with uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. You know, Tyrese feels away. You know, it was a family that did Fast. And right now, The Rock is uh, rumored to be doing a movie with Jason Statham as a spinoff from his character in the Fast series. But at this point, I want to say there's been about six, seven Fast movies. Tyrese, like... Is the man not allowed to get his check? Like, I get you want to finish the movie, but if that production company or whoever is behind that movie needs him to shoot it now, then let him shoot that, and then he'll come back to the fast. Or if not, bro, it was a good run. There's been seven fast movies. Furious 7 was two years ago. Come on, like, take it easy. There's money for everyone here. I don't understand what the problem is. And um, you making it in a way where you look like the crazy person here. It's a shame that you can't let the next man do what he got to do. Like, that for you to be throwing it on social media and having all these posts with Paul Walker and Vin Diesel talking about we're brothers, there's a brotherhood. It's like, bro, we get it, but come on. Like, everybody got to get their bag, bro. That's like him telling you that you can't go make an album right now, which I'm pretty sure you you probably promoting. You would be promoting if you were coming out with an album. So The Rock is just trying to get his money in. Now he's just, it looks like he's trolling you. I don't think he, he honestly thinks that Black Rose is trash, but he knows it's going to get into your skin and have you calling him a hater. That's what he wants you to do, and you fell right for it. And then what's crazy about it is, now I'm seeing you in the news because you're about to have a trial with the mother of your daughter. So in my mind, I'm like, bro, you worried about movies and the home is not really correct. I think your priorities are mixed up. Not that you can't do two things at once, but at the same time, if you risking having your daughter not with you or around or be able to see her, I think that's where your focus should be, not on Instagram and social media going back and forth with The Rock. Bro, like, you got to take care of that, man. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, bro, you're doing well for yourself. If The Rock wanted to go do something else, then it's time for you to go do something else too if that's what it comes down to, man. It's just really a shame. I know why you left me, but since you've been gone, my understanding has more than grown. I come to this conclusion. It's a shame, Tyrese. Tyrese, man, it's a shame. You, my friend, are this week's past their prime candidate. Come to Applebee's, get your two for 20, invite The Rock out, let's see if he actually shows up. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is episode 206 of Past Their Prime. It's your boy E Money. Definitely enjoy spending the past half hour or so with you guys.
Look out for our next episode. Follow me on Twitter, EA Sports 718. Follow me on Instagram, E underscore money 718. And if you have any inquiries, comments, concerns, send us any questions at pastorprime5 at gmail.com. And we out. Holla at your boy.